All right, everybody, welcome back to the Move Podcast. Talking about stage four of the 2023 Tour de France. By the way, if you're here in the U.S., uh, happy birthday, America. Happy 4th of July. Hope everybody's uh, having a great holiday. Here we the, the, the stage was so slow today. The, the parade starts in, guys, just so you know, the parade starts in 25 minutes. I don't think we're going to make it. <laughs> Not going to make it, but I, I do. We'll take this opportunity to remind you last year, it fell on a rest day, Fourth mm. of July. Only time that's ever happened in the seven years we've been doing this. And I think you lost some glasses <laughs> and you lost some shoes. Yeah, it was a rough day. As, <laughs> as, as we call it, we call that a yard sale. Just, just, shit, just shit everywhere. Uh, by the way, uh, today also spots uh, the the entire uh, tour actually sponsored by Ketone IQ from HVMN, our presenting sponsor. Um, Alain, where did we uh, start and finish today? Stage four, Dax to Nogaro. Dax to Nogaro. It just never gets old. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Today's show brought to you by Helix Sleep. We've been talking about this one for years. I've been sleeping in the mattress uh, for many, many years, as, as has George. By the way, a custom mattress. We both went on and filled out our two-minute sleep quiz. We talked about our sleep, the things, um, our characteristics, the things we like, don't like, and boom, this thing shows up on the doorstep, fully customized mattress. Uh, But they've expanded the lineup. They now have 14 unique mattresses, luxury models, mattresses for big and tall sleepers, and even mattresses for little ones. Um, They just also just introduced uh, their most high-end collection, which now that I hear myself say this, I might have to check this one out. The Helix Elite. Whoa. George George hears like something special and high-end, and he looks over. He's like, whoa, that gets his attention. I'm more curious about how'd you answer that one question where it's like, what's your general mood throughout the day? Was it happy, <laughs> sad, <laughs> C, cranky, <laughs> D, mad? Need more categories. Oh <laughs> uh, God! That, you know what? Uh, I, I slept. I, I slept like a rock last night. It, it is incredible. It's been a game changer uh, for our family sleep. But don't just take it from us. Uh, Helix has been named uh, the number one mattress by uh, GQ and Wired magazine, uh, and they also have uh, over twelve thousand five star reviews. So put all that together, and you figure it out. I mean, it's it's incredible. They also support the military first responders, teachers, and students by giving them a special discount on their site. Helix Sleep is offering up to 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash the move. Again, that's helixsleep.com slash the move. And today also brought to you by our good friends over at Huckberry. Um, Adam and Rich, uh, or sorry, Andy and Rich, uh, just such good guys. Uh, they, they've been at this for years and, and I, I love the following that they have built. And, I, you know, I don't know for you dudes out there primarily, and, you know, there's a lot of dudes, but it's, it's a daily newsletter. I, I read the newsletter religiously. They send out millions of these and it's just it's super curated. They've got great content that you can kind of get into and and read up on. But then, you know, they've got amazing products uh, and they curate all this stuff themselves. They field test everything themselves. And for us, check this out. This is this is this is super dope. Uh, they did. We, we, George, JB, and myself curated our own, uh, our own site. That's over at huckberry.com slash the move. And just, you'll see the things that we like on there. We're uh, all rocking Huckberry. Yeah, we're right rocking now. some Huckberry. I'm wearing the proof, uh, three day shirt, which means you can just wear this, like travel for three days. Hold, and up, hold up. Check these out. What you got? 
got these bad boys. Oh, <laughs> my God. He's, uh, oh for those listening, goodness. he's modeling his shoes. It's, those it's, are slick. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I got these, too. I got my Norda tra- uh, trail running shoes. <laughs> Look, get, put the camera on me. You see this? And then you found out about that brand from Huckberry, I guess. I did. And, is, and yeah. the, these trail runners, uh, it's Norda, N-O-R-D-A, they're awesome. I mean, the the you know the running world is is always um, there's a bunch of new brands on there. Actually, we have on uh, shoes as well on our on our website uh, there for them uh, huckberry.com slash the move. But a bunch of cool stuff. We got pocket knife. I know you guys both got jealous because I had picked a pocket knife. I no, saw I like, that pocket knife. <laughs> I ordered that when I get home. Every every dude needs a pocket knife. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it just doesn't matter, and you got to have it. Um, you know, don't throw in your backpack because if you travel and go through TSA, you'll lose it. Um, but it's, it's, you gotta have it, gotta have it in the workshop and you, every dude needs one. Yeah. I like that. They, uh, curate some cooking stuff too. Night cooking knives, spices, just all kinds of cool gadgets that you didn't know you needed. Until no, you see I, I didn't know I, <laughs> I needed that. Um, you'll see the, it on the newsletter and you're like, I need that. But check out our stuff. It's again, it's over at huckberry.com slash the move. Sign up for the newsletter too. It's, it's super interesting. It's not just. They're not just jamming stuff down your throat. It's it's very interesting content. And if you're bored, uh, search up. Just put my name in there. Search up because I am obsessed with uh, crushed ice. It's a big thing, right? If you, I don't go anywhere without crushed ice. Here, that's all crushed ice in there. It's like Sonic ice, right? Um, and I did a whole segment for them on just the magic of crushed ice, <laughs> whether it's in your in your water bottle, or whether it's in your cocktail, or whether you're just chewing on it. I love, it's a real thing. Like I, I know, I know, I know. I'm just a dumb kid from Plano, but I love Sonic Ice. It's on their website, Huckberry.com. All right, stage four. The, you know, the the obviously uh, 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 Phillipson wins another stage. Um, he he's proven two things to me. One, he's the fastest guy in the race thus far, but he's got a motorcycle as a lead out man. I mean. Uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of Matthew Vanderpool, but when the job he is doing for his team, which is kind of cool. I mean, you realize if you don't have the best legs, but he can still do that. I think he likes that. I think that's one of these things where he's, it's, you know, this team obviously works for him most of the year, but what a cool thing to, to essentially return the favor. Yeah. I mean, I was watching the sprint and it was sort of the opposite of what happened yesterday. They were together with 20 K to go looking really good and five K to go to this together. And then, about 2K to go, they kind of all went their separate ways. But what's unique and special about this team is the communication they have. You can see around that last corner, uh, Manipul was probably in 10th, 15th position. Philipson was behind him, a couple behind him. But he's sort of, you have that, these guys are so good and they know each other so well. They have that sort of sense. They can feel their teammate when they come next to him. You can see Vanderpool about five, 600 meters ago. He kind of like does a little look back and then instantly puts the elbow back, makes room to go out early on the left side while Phillipson gets on his wheel, and that was the winning move right now. Because a guy like Vanderpool goes with uh, Phillipson on his wheel, it's almost impossible to go around them. Impossible. And they went right by Mark Cavendish, who he was looking really good, and unfortunately he was by himself. And sprinting is a game of millimeters. If Cavendish wasn't able to directly get on that wheel, which he didn't because he got a little bit elbowed by Grunewagen, then it's all over. You know, he's at fifth place, better, one place better than yesterday, but not where he wants to be, but he's still looking good in my opinion. And what is this is a serious question? Um, if if you're as you laid it out, like when does when do you want to have like let's talk about seriously like in hundred meter increments? So from one k to go, we you know it's, it's you you just have to be near the front. But at what point do you have to be 
starting to go? Like, is that 500 to go, 600 to go? And then at what point should a sprinter, I should know all this stuff, but I really don't. I think the listener will, will find this interesting, especially as they watch future sprint stages, because you can see the banners, you see where it's, yeah. it's listed. I think it even goes down to 50 meter increments towards the finish. But at what point should a guy like uh, uh, Vanderpool start going? And at what point should Phillipson go? Assuming it's a flat. Right? Yeah, yeah. Assuming it, it's all straight. For, you yeah. Know, there's just not always chaos. dependent on the wind, you know, what's going on, how the, the size of the road, which today was on a race car track. Nobody was worried about the actual size of the road. They had plenty of room to move around if they had the power. But today they came around the corner. They all knew that it was a slight headwind. Uh, those guys didn't panic. And like we mentioned before, you got Vanderpool going with five, 600 meters to go. All he's got to do is three to 350 meters. And then Philipson for, knows for sure that he can do 200 to 250 meters with probably nobody going around him. And by the way, even though it was a headwind, the fastest uh, person on the circuit was uh, Dylan Grunewagen at 68 kilometers an hour. Clocked in the sprint? In the sprint. Oh. Um, so, I mean, think about that. That's 40, how fast <laughs> these guys yeah. are going. 40 miles an hour. People always ask about what's like to crash with, in cycling. And we saw two or three crashes there towards the end. They Including were not going, Jakobsen. Yeah, they weren't going 40 yet, but I don't know. I, I, I probably said it on the show before. Hey, what's that like? I said, I don't know. Just get your wife to drive down the road at 40 <laughs> in your bike clothes and jump out. That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah, that's going to happen. I mean, there's crashes. Daylight today, a relatively easy day. Yep. So everybody's calm, but what, what happens is everybody's so fresh at the end and people are taking more risk. Guys that might not have been there on a really hard day are there fighting or leading out their teammates and might not have the experience that other guys have and cause crashes like we saw today. It was it was a very uneventful day. Yeah. I mean, th these are the days I, and, and not to sort of get off the stage for a second, but I, I worry about these stages for, um, just for coverage, right? If and, and trying to appeal to a younger audience, we know, the younger folks, they're not going to watch. I mean, we sat there and watched for hours and hours. I went to the gym because I was, frankly, bored. Um, had TV in there, sound off, just sort of watching. Um, but how, the, I mean, I don't know that the sport can sustain itself, uh, you know, airing five hours of guys that just, they had three very hard days in the beginning. Yep. They've got the Pyrenees starting tomorrow. I think they all just collectively looked around and said, okay, that's like 30,000 feet in the first three days. We got the mountains tomorrow. Like, how about we just chill? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, they just got to tell the stories. I mean, we saw today a lot of uh, stories on Mark Cavendish's career, <laughs> right. which to me is exciting because I was part of a lot of those victories. And um, I think everybody wants to see him get that stage. And we're all, you know, the anticipation is high. But like you said, most of the day was super boring and just, you know, watching the castles <laughs> and the <laughs> landscape. Second day in a row that we also saw Caleb Ewan and Phil Bauhaus right there. So, I mean, in a field full of good sprinters, there's your top three. Yeah, yeah. Which, what, what? That just gives their team more confidence. I mean, a, a team like Lotto right now is seeing how Caleb is getting closer and closer. And you know, like I mentioned earlier, the sprinting is just a game of millimeters. And he's had a lot of second places by millimeters. And he's actually said on uh, my buddy's podcast, Bobby J, um, that you know, it, it, millimeters will make the whole difference in the season. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Second place doesn't mean anything to these guys. And it's just a matter of millimeters. So uh, he's a great kid. Hopefully he gets the victory coming up soon. By the way, he's racing with number 181, I noticed today. I don't know if you caught that. You That's always pick out that number. I know. It's, <laughs> I always wonder who's racing, who has number 181. And, and of course, that was uh, the number that I had um, and the, all the numbers after that, 182, all the way down to 189. Uh, for, in the 1999 Tour de France. So it's, it's always a special. I love the number 181 because of that. 
Um, but I noticed at the finish line, the photo finish, that he had 181. Um, I think both of those guys, if, if I had to say right now, I think Caleb Ewan gets a stage win. And I think this, I don't know much about Bauhaus, but I think you'll see later in the race, guys go away or get eliminated, as we've talked about. I see both them winning stages, and hopefully Mark Cavendish. I agree. I agree. They're looking really good, all of them. One question I had for you guys, because I've never been to France, especially not during the Wait, tour. So you've never been to France? Like the country? I have not. <laughs> yep. Oh, you're like European. <laughs> I've been Aren't to you like German. Europe. I am. I've been but to you know, Germany. It's not far. Okay. Hey, once I got to Germany, that's, I was like, that's... I don't need anything else. <clears throat> yeah, I was well, like, these are you, my people. Then you haven't been to France. I mean, that's crazy. I know. It is crazy. We got am, I allowed to say, am I allowed to say what a head of creative is trying to work up for next year? She wants us all to be in France for the, for the move. <sighs> podcast not during show. the tour though right that's what she head of, head of creative is saying this i don't know i'm dropping some news on you guys but we'll see if that works out or not so you might it's actually make it to france i know i, I, I don't bolch is back there just shaking his head uh, going yeah. hell's no i don't I, um um no <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing i mean this is it's, our it's, internet works yeah, yeah well the internet works we don't have to leave you know we're gonna Air conditioning. Um, we well, I we don't even need shower. air conditioning in here. And, and how do you know you haven't been to France? But <laughs> it, it is on. Listen, it, on paper, it's 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 kind of a good idea. But I think we'd get over there and go crazy. <laughs> uh, I do. We uh, did. I, on a note, we, we did go to the beginning of the Giro, and we just couldn't even get everything loaded. We tried. Remember that was a that was a great story you told last night about <laughs> that for another show. But <laughs> my question was, since I haven't been to France. You guys have spent a lot of time there, living there and doing the tour. Is it, is it a, a requirement as a French kid that at some point in your life you have to go out and field in a field dressed in yellow and pretend to be a wheel? I think, <laughs> yeah, maybe extra credit. Um, the it, human-shaped bicycle. And that's what, you know, uh, the, look, there's only so many castles and churches and, and aqueducts that they can show. <laughs> I did see one today, though, when I was in the gym. I had, to, In fact, I caught it out of the corner of my eye, and I said, shit, I got to rewind this. And so I rewound it. And I mean, this is just stuff. It's just amazing. I have people sitting around going, how are we going to get on TV? So the guy had uh, uh, some sort of tractor lifting him up. He had a cable system down and he had his bike suspended in the air and he's pedaling around and they're just turning around in circles. Now I, I thought that. that was something. I mean, and when I, re- I had to rewind it and I thought, and, uh, you know, Mark up in the gym and Rose, I said, look, well, look at this is what, this is what we get, right? These, do- these days where we just got to pass the time. We can maybe work on a hall of fame of people who got on TV. <laughs> I'm sure somebody has. Go to YouTube, right? Um, today's show also brought to you by Element. It is that time of year, time to sweat, time to get outside, time to be an outdoor kitty. Uh, I personally, although I will add this. I'm just going to add lib a little bit here. I've, I have noticed, George, that I'm sweating less. Okay, have you noticed? Like my glasses stay on more. I is feel it like because of those five pounds I asked you to lose, allegedly, <laughs> in Tuscany? It was, it, you, you shamed me into losing five, and so I lost ten. And I feel like I'm actually sweating less. I'm still sweating a lot, more than the average person, but I'm sweating less. That's no shit. I didn't notice that when you were trying to drop me up the, the rim trail the other day. I had your sweat droplets falling on my face <laughs> as I was, you know, well, nose to the stem. Well, whatever. I was hammering the element. 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium. No sugar, no gluten, no artificial ingredients, no BS. If you don't like it, they'll send, or they have a special offer. If you don't like the offer, just don't like it. Give it to a friend. No questions asked. 
Um, it's amazing. But the sample pack includes all the different flavors. You can figure out which one you like the most. Um, and, and, you know, my personal favorite, although I've been moving around lately, I've, I've been an orange guy. I'm sort of onto grapefruit. Um, but, you know, and I'm coming for you, George. Everybody head on over to drinklmnt.com slash the move and get your free gift with purchase. Again, that's drinklmnt.com slash the move. Also today brought to you by HVMN, another thing that we've been pretty religious about um, and, and is the title sponsor of, of our tour coverage this summer. Um, Ketone IQ is, is, a, is a whole nother fuel source, right? When you think about how you fuel, fuel the body and the brain, um, ketones are, are, are kind of a kind of a little magic formula. Uh, uh, HVMN invented the first drinkable ketone in 2017. Its latest innovation on ketones has improved effectiveness, taste, and cost, and it delivers clean fuel that can cross the blood-brain barrier, supplying your brain and body sustained energy, mental focus, and sharpness. Special offer for our listeners. You get 30% off on your first subscription order of Ketone IQ at hvmn.com slash the move. Again, hvmn.com slash the move to subscribe. <clears throat> Last one of the day. I love I loved talking about Roka because I get to put my my uh, my titanium aviators on. I'll look. Huh? I like them. We should, I think Those we should. might disappear like your readers um, did. <laughs> Later today. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I, uh, these guys, Rob and the whole crew over there, don't, here's the thing about Rob and everybody at Roka, don't steal my shit because they will send you stuff. These guys are super generous and they're building the best product out there. And I feel like we should have Anna and Grace one of these days, because we're going to be here for a month, come up here and, and, and reenact this stupid skit they do in the airports. <laughs> it just, it's, it's so embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> what did you say? Getting punked by your, or what did you uh, say? your own family? Yeah, yeah. Your own family just punking you, man. <laughs> but they have, uh, in all seriousness, they've invented a completely new category of eyewear, whether it's on the performance side, the cool casual side, or or on the on the, you know, on the readers side, which have, has been a big a big thing for us every year that we've uh, we've done this show. Remember the first year we had that race book, we printed it out, and I and I was like, damn, oh my I can't gosh. read this thing, and I had to start having readers, and people started talk about punking, people started shaming me that were watching the show. That was half size print. It was. It was, <laughs> and, but now. Um, Look at these, the Lockhearts, 2.0s, amazing. Unbelievably lightweight. Uh, they never slip, no matter how sweaty you get. Um, and not only are they working with cyclists, they're working with a bunch of people in the special forces and people that are doing work a lot braver than uh, than we ever did. Uh, the Move listeners get 20% off. Just go to Roka, that's R-O-K-A.com for 20% off. Use the code THEMOVE over the checkout. All right, tomorrow. Can I, I'm sorry. Five. Let me ask one more question, George. And, and not to be uh, this. I, this has just been on my mind, and we haven't talked about it. Uh-oh. Um, uh oh. Uh, but we, but we've lived it, George. This is not. I'm not. This is not. This is not a joke. Um, we saw this stage today. Obviously, had some crashes at the end, but it was a more of a chill that you just don't see that in the tour. And we all know. Uh, and if you guys follow the sport, you know that two weeks ago a kid died in the Tour of Switzerland. Right, this kid, Gino Motter. And we've lived this, obviously, with Fabio Casertelli. It brings a whole nother, you know, it, it, it doesn't go away. It, it's not like it ends when the Tour of Switzerland ends. It, um, it lasts, right? The Peloton doesn't forget that for, for many, many months, if, if not forever. You just wonder if it brings this level of respect and camaraderie and brotherhood in the Peloton. You saw it today. 
it just, it, uh, it, it just takes one guy to animate a race. And when I was watching today, I was like, this is not normal. I know they had three hard days. I know tomorrow's the Pyrenees, but is, and you also see it off the bike. Like you see these guys high-fiving each other. I'm like, wait, your jerseys are different. Why are you high-fiving? Especially Pogacar seems to congratulate well, he's everyone. Like, yeah, he's like the, the president of the whole thing. But it just seems like the brotherhood is mm. way different than when we raced. And you have, a, a, you know, what we saw in Tour Switzerland, it just brings the whole group, uh, I think, closer together. I don't know. I, I had a lot of friends in the peloton <laughs> back in our day. Coming. I knew this was coming. I don't, I don't <laughs> remember you having that many friends, but I don't know if, if, if today had anything to do with what happened to uh, Gino, rest in peace. Um, I just think it was such a hard start of the Tour de France. Uh, very, very, or zero chance of a breakaway actually making it. And actually it just made sense. Like, you know what? We got the Pyrenees coming. Um, there's no chance of this breakaway to make it. And we're just going to ride. Although that you don't really see that happen. So I just think uh, the teams were like, let's kind of reset here, regroup, uh, to get an easy day, and then uh, hit the mountains hard. You know, it's, it, I, and I thought a lot about what I was, I, I've been thinking, I've actually been thinking about, I didn't know how it would, uh, affect the Peloton coming in. Obviously those days in the, the first two days, especially were so important and so dynamic that you kind of have to put that stuff aside, but I was being real. And here you come back and, and tell I me, mean, it's and, a tour, and, you know, honestly, and you, just, I understand it's a I, tour, but, but, yeah. but hang on Go ahead. <laughs> and, and just to remind me, right. That I didn't have any friends <laughs> and, 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 and that's that's hey, a low blow. I mean, on America's yeah. birthday, you hey, drop that shit. You know the move. That's why everybody loves the move. You know, we're wide open on everything that's happened, what how you were in the past, uh, and this is a new Lance. I mean, you're calling me every night, checking in on me. You know, this is a new Lance. Yeah. So George, now he's got friends. He's got like he's got a, so many. He's got like two or three friends here. And I've seen it. You know I've what? I, it firsthand. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't want many friends. My, you know, I, I kind of have your back on this. I think it's a generational thing. I think these, you know, I have a 21 year old. I see what, how they live. I think they prioritize work and, and, and their, their life differently hmm. than our generation. Well, you know, Gen JB, if I can point something out, that, that you, you could be right because the way these guys prepare for these races now, they're never home. They're at training camps with their teammates or by themselves at altitude. They'll, some of them will do five, six, seven altitude camps per year. So they're either racing or at altitude camps. So I think when they get to the races, they're like, friends, people, you know, like let's get out there and be social. Uh, so that do have longer back in seasons. our day, I was home a lot more for sure than, than those guys. And we, we, mm. we, we had more, you know, periods where we focus and we had to be at camps, but not nearly as much as these guys do. So it could be just like, they're just happy to be around people, people that they know have mm. suffered or have suffered and has worked as hard as they have the whole year. Um, so that could, that's, that's definitely a change from back in the day when we were racing. I will point out today in the finish, although very boring, we saw Yumbo still up there. We saw, um, uh, Vindigo basically in second place with 2k to go, the uh, the favorite for the Tour de France. And he just wants to stay up there, be, you know, stay out of trouble. But I noticed that Van Aert wasn't anywhere near them, um, uh, which to me is a little bit strange because he could, he could potentially be a stage winner, but why isn't he riding with his teammates? They had a perfect four-man lead-out yeah, at perfect, a certain point. And then, perfect four-man lead-out. No, they wow. have an excuse. They have you know, the, 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 the peloton, the respect from the peloton that let them be there. Um, so it would have been an easy ride for a while to follow them. I just I thought that was a bit uh, strange and interesting. But Jonas is looking very strong. And for him to be up there in a sprint just to stay out of trouble um, indicates that his legs are, are, are really good right now. And, there's, and there's, there continues to be this 
the, the, this talk, and I actually do think the Netflix thing didn't help anything uh, or help. Uh, um, I think it might have instigated all of it. There's every, at least two of the first three stages, there was talk about, you know, dissension in, in that team. I don't know that I see that. And, and, and Wild Van Art was quick to dispel the stuff after the Netflix series. But, uh, yeah. They're you, clearly taking a different, ta- uh, different approach to the Tour de France. I mean, last year they weren't the favorite. Pogachar was the favorite. They were they were co-leaders. Able, yeah, co-leaders. They were able. They were co-leaders with Roglic. They were able to hang back, so to speak, uh, which gave Wout Van Aert a much um, freer hand to play, and he took advantage of it. This year, it is clear what they're there for, and uh, they it, had they had a little bit different strategy. Wout Van Aert could have potentially had two stage wins already. But yeah, it looks sure. like they only care about one thing right now, which could be tough on Wout. I mean, he, you know, it's, it's not easy being a, such a strong guy and not being able to win with the support of the team that could have potentially given it to you just because they're focusing on uh, Jonas. Hmm. I heard we got a Joe Natoli um, work up today. We do. We'll save the Joe Natoli for okay. after we talk about tomorrow. Oh, let's talk about tomorrow. Because yeah, I tomorrow's, think yeah. you got to stick around. We, and we have a little <laughs> surprise for you, L.A., and the trivia so you could potentially win Aventum NS1. All right, so we'll take a look at tomorrow, stage five. But the thing that I find interesting is, um, you know, the tour, the organizers always, um, they typically, right, they have – you never really do the Pyrenees that's, that's not on a weekend and the Alps are always on a weekend and they use the, the midweek stuff for just these filler stages or, you know, to get between, um, the big mountain stages. I think it's interesting to do the two days in the Pyrenees on, on a Wednesday and a Thursday. We'll see how it affects, uh, the, the crowds. Um, and I kind of think the, the, these, these Pyrenean stages are somewhat milk toast. Um, but the, but it doesn't change the fact that the first three days were really, really hard. So, and tomorrow, what do we got? We got, uh, yeah. So not an uphill finish, just if you're, if you're looking at the uh, graphic like we are. Um, Coldest today, I, I think, is, is you know, on the longer side, has some steeper pitches, but not, not too hard. Col de Marie Blanc is, is a sneaky one. Don't let that number of 7.7 kilometers at 8.6% fool you. That alone is, is decently hard, but the first 3K are... Uh, not very steep, but then you get in, look at those final four kilometers, 10.5, 12.2, 13.6, and 9.9%. Yeah, not only is it super steep, it is dead straight. Yeah. That's steep part, so you can just see exactly what's coming. There isn't any switchbacks. That's a really tough climb. I'm curious if we, if, if we in fact, see what Spencer predicted in the preview show that the, a lot of these mountain stages, even with steepness like that. Is there a bonus at the top of that one? The, uh, Colton, can we go back? I think there is a bonus. Yeah, there is yeah. a time bonus at the top of that. That could animate things. Absolutely. I mean, again, to, to what Spencer was talking about, do the, are these are the mountain stages neutralized and the time bonus become uh, become more relevant? Uh, and especially with just two days there, I mean, you may as well go for well, the time bonus. And not only that, exactly, their UAE is in the yellow jersey. So we saw two, uh, on stage two, they controlled the yellow jersey for Adam Yates. Um, so I would guess they'd have a similar strategy where they control the yellow jersey for Adam Yates. Get Pogachar in position to win that uh, bonus sprint and perhaps win the stage as well. So if they did it on stage two, I can certainly see them doing it on stage five. Yeah, falls flat over the top, not not, and then uh, you know downhill to the finish, and then the second day in the Pyrenees course is uh, is an uphill finish. Any names come to mind for you guys that this suits the best? 
Well, the way that we saw the Ooh. first two stages, if they go full gas at the top, it'll most likely be Pogacar and Vindigo up top. Vindigo will probably, my guess, have the same strategy. Well, he won't work with him to stay away till the finish line, perhaps wait for a few teammates. So it could, could certainly be similar finish to what we saw on stage one. Uh, perhaps a few less guys, though. But in terms of... You think a guy like Wout Van Aert can win tomorrow? I, don't, I think that'd be... That'd be tough. But Rip that downhill? Yeah. Could be. The guy can do anything. He's he can do over anything. The, and he's, I, too. I, I, I think he's a little... I do think he's frustrated. Yeah. I think he would have thought by now he'd have had a stage or two. Yeah. We'll mm. probably see Nielsen Palace in the breakaway again. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, he has not... He doesn't look tired. Got a rest day today, so hopefully we'll see him up there again tomorrow as well. All right. couple surprises. Okay. We like surprises. Okay, this is for you, of course... If you don't know, Lance is on Stars on Mars. <laughs> okay. And I think, Deliz, did you find this? This is great. It's a little koozie for you for 4th of July. Oh. A little, a little this, NASA uh, this space is, suit. Uh, the, this bring, <laughs> I have a little PTSD still from being over there on Mars. Look at that. I can put my AB in here. Liz, thank you so much. I uh, put my little... Uh, it's a perfect. Drinking a, a, an NA craft beer since... Actually, today. One month today. I haven't had a... I had a sip of nothing. Look at that. Thank you, Liz. That's <laughs> that's. Uh, I, I am getting a little sweaty. Um, I feel a little claustrophobic, like I was for fucking two and a half weeks over there. <laughs> Look at that. Mm -hmm. All right. All right what, another uh, surprise. Are there more surprise. Another surprise. <laughs> if you did, missed it the other day, there was a bear inside of Lance's house, and so Jonah Tully put together this oh, little. Oh no. The with, bear was with the, with, ice, the ice scraper. <laughs> Dual ice scrapers. I the next that. bear whisperer, Joe says, season seven, someone left the door open and now he's closing it. And then the bear is going, oh, I think it's paella. <laughs> it was, That's a good one. It could have been a lot worse. The bear could have gotten and went straight for the trash and had it everywhere. But I mean, it could open the fridge. Could have, uh, could have been a lot worse. I mean, it's kind of, and I was thinking about it last night. Like, I, I think for like living here in As, we see bears all the time. Now they don't, they don't ever come in the kitchen, but you see them in the yard. They get into your trash thing in your driveway. But I was just thinking about it. like how people must be thinking, damn, where do the where do the where does that dude live? Like that is weird. <laughs> like if I never ever came to Colorado and somebody sent me a video of somebody, be freaking would, out. I'd be freaking out. But like, yeah. why would you live there? Like you could die. Like it'd be like living in Africa and a tiger comes in. And it's like that. Yeah. Although this guy with this little bear was just like, I was like, when I was banging the ice scraper, he was, he just looked at me. He's like, all right. So yeah. Yeah. I'm just, moving on. He just I'm walked on. off. Yeah. They're, they're pretty, pretty chill they're, here. Yeah. They're pretty used to seeing human beings. <laughs> all right. Here's your NS1 uh, Phantom trivia. You okay. could win a brand new NS1, a complete bike. All right. All you have to do is email in your answers as we do this throughout the tour. Yesterday, the question was, which cyclist won both the Tour de France and the Giro d'Italia in the same year the most times? I'm sure you guys know that answer. Yep. That was Eddie Merckx. Yep. He did it three times. I'm not allowed to say. I almost said it yesterday, but I, I, I gave it away the day before. Okay. And today? Question four <laughs> is, where was George born? Ooh. Where was George born? Now, you can look that up, and you can email in your answer, get you registered to win that NS1 at the end of the tour. Now, uh, just to clarify, are we talking about country, state, city? What are we, what are we, how, how, 
What city, um, state, country? city, city, state, country. Oh, the whole thing. Yeah. All right, don't yeah, just yeah. say a country. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I might have. I might have given something away there. Trivia. Wait, where were you born? I thought you were born. <laughs> are you even? Am, are you even American? Do you, do you even have friends? American. That's why he has so many America. friends because he's not from America. He came over here and has just been trying his whole life. <laughs> Trivia at VentumRacing is where you send that answer in. Okay, and then uh, also very very important twenty percent off. On we do all we do merch Ooh, today. That's right. Special offer. Use the code we do twenty and you'll get twenty percent off today. Now I have a couple Over of questions. We do dot team, right? Yeah, we do dot team. And here's a couple of questions from our listeners. Uh, and this is for you, Lance and George, and all the tours you raced. What is the toughest climb for either of you? That's from Matt Dietrich. Uh, you want me to go? Yeah, you go. I, I mean, I, I I feel like we've talked about this before, but it's. If, if we're talking about the tours, I think the Ventoux is by far the hardest climb in France. And so that means um, the hardest climb we've ever done in the tour. Um, but having said that, it, it look, it, it also all depends on the day. I mean, there, there can be days that, that you are just having such a bad day that you're in the middle of the climb and you're saying to yourself, this is the hardest fucking thing I've ever done. Yeah. And on paper, it's not the hardest climb that you've ever done or the hardest climb in France. You're just having a bad day. And, and, and you're in crisis mode and it, it's just hard, right? It, it, but if you, if you started fresh and, and you just looked at it f- from that perspective, I think the Vontu is, is by far the hardest. And you also did that as a time trial too, which is hard. To- we did it, in, not in the tour, I can remember, but Dauphiné. Mm. Yeah. But it, it makes it easier too, because you typically would just, you would just do the Vontu. If, if, if it's in a tour stage, you, you've got 100 miles before and no telling what else takes a little out of the legs. Yeah, I'd say the most I've suffered, although maybe not on paper the hardest climb, would be the Galibier because we'd be protecting Lance's overall lead. And it's just the, the way that when you start, you'd start like at the bottom of Alpe d'Huez and head towards the, the Galibier, and it's just kind of rolling uphill for 20-something Ks. And we just knew that we're, everybody was going to attack us. And we, still, we knew we had to control and, and not let anything dangerous get away. So in my position where we had to be was the most difficult stage to control and then make sure a breakaway wasn't getting away with those. You would just get attacked with momentum and then straight up these hills. And then you knew you still had to get to the top of the Galibier. So that's the most I've ever suffered was controlling uh, Lance's lead on starting on the Galibier. Mm. All right. Here's another question. Thanks, Matt, by the way, it says, hello, we do longtime viewer and listener. Happy, to, happy to see you guys on a daily basis again. I wonder the answer of my question, but more, I want to see Lance try to pronounce my surname. <laughs> okay. Look at this. All right, hold on. Let me give me go my reader. <laughs> yeah, right. Here it is, right there. Pronounce this guy's name. The first name or the last name? The last name. But both. Try both. Jesus, dude. <laughs> Melly? Is, all right, for everybody listening, his, his, this is how you spell his cat's name. M-E-L-I-H. I'm just going with Melly. And then here's the last name, B-U, by the way, the U's have like these dots on top, so I don't know what the fuck that does to how you're supposed to change the way you say it, but (laughs) just every U I say, nope, not every U, because two of the U's don't have the dots. Where where is this guy from? Anyhow, B-U-Y-U-K-N-O-H-U-T-C-U. Here we go. All right, Melly. If I was, what's up, Holmes, Melly, Buyuk, no, you... To coup. <laughs> this is we we've had all kinds of questions and weird stuff. That is nobody's ever that and and this 
this guy needs to send like a voice memo of how he says his name. Speaking of that, what was that girl? The, remember the really that just that that uh, <laughs> great girl that would always send us pronunciations. The Slovenian. The Slovenian. What was her name? I thought it was gonna say, you were going to say that. How you doing? That you survived. Uh, yeah, she was. She, no, yeah, yeah. No, she's a beautiful girl. Uh, George was always talking about that, but, uh, <laughs> it, it, but God, what's her name? But anyways, if honey, if you're listening, uh, just oh, wait, not allowed to say that anymore. I, I got an email today. Uh, that's a new one. You're not allowed to say, that, honey. It's a daily uh, update on Nessa. This, Nessa. Nusa. 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 If you're Nusa. listening, we we miss you. Come come. Maybe send Nusa this dude's name. He might no. be from one of those countries over there. Boyok <laughs> Nuhuchu. <laughs> All right, his question. Oh, I thought that was the question. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. Uh, assuming his, I could be a woman. I don't know. Question for Johan, uh, Lance, or George. Obviously, you guys here now. Uh, how do the teams of the top sprinter? Oh wait, that's, sorry, I jumped ahead. I think recent superstars of cycling are not as long-lasting as previous generation stars and or any other sports stars like Sagan or Bernal, who disappear in a couple of years, whereas uh, we still talk about Cavendish. Mm. Do you agree that this is happening? They're not lasting as long. Well, I, uh, we, we've actually talked a lot about this because they are starting so young and, and they are, two things, uh, so good and, and have long seasons. Like that's been a kind of an ongoing question of ours. If you're starting that at 21, 22 years old, are you going to be ripping those at 30? Uh, we don't know yet. We're, we're going to find out. The other thing is, is on, in the example of Bernal, um, you, you know, the, just bad luck, bad crash, that, that derailed everything, um, at, at least in the meantime. So hard to say. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out with these guys. Uh, and it's, it's, nobody is bucking this trend, right? It's, it's, look at you, we talked about Skelmos the other day. Kid's 21, 22 years old. You're talking about, no. I mean, these – no, nobody is coming onto the scene and potentially winning a yellow jersey anymore at 27 or 28. That's not happening. Yeah. We never see that. So I mean, I, I'm, I'm, it's a great question. I, I can't wait to see it play out. Yeah, Cav, Valverde, these guys are nominees. They're not the, the standard cyclist these days. They've been around forever. Obviously, Valverde is recently retired, but Cav is still there up there at the top of his game. Um, Bernal, like we know, just coming out of a life-threatening injury, still young, still we can definitely still see him at the top of the game. I'm not counting him out by any reason, by any means. But also, I mean, it's just hard this lifestyle now. I mean, we had it hard back in our day, but I feel like these guys have it way harder. They're measuring everything that's going in their bodies. They're Agreed. never home. Agreed. They're uploading every you know every piece of training they do. Like they don't have lives anymore. So that's really hard to. Like, I had a 19-year career. There's no way I can do that for 19 mm. years. I think it's just a lot harder uh, to keep up with that sort of training and lifestyle uh, for that long of a time these days. I'll add to it. Do you think uh, crashes are becoming injuries from crashes are becoming more of a factor in longevity for this no, generation? I think the crashes or is it similar to what you guys been Same thing? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like Lance mentioned the other day on the show, um, which I'm always listening to what he says, the recovery from crashes is a lot better now. I mean, these guys are bouncing recovery. back. Within days, I mean the the from the from the the gauze pads they're putting on to the devices that'll get their uh, ligaments and um, muscles uh, coming bouncing back a lot quicker than they did back in our day. There are some crashes you do not come back from. Yeah, right. I mean, look at in our day and age, Joseba Baloki just never was the same. Uh, Chris Froome it, it could never recover from. I mean, an awful crash. This wasn't just a little road rash. We're talking about as George said, life threatening kind of crash. 
And, you know, we'll see with Bernal. I mean, some of these crashes are so bad. It doesn't matter what technology or what therapist or what doctor you have. You're just never going to be the same. And the uh, head game, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you want to send in a question to this show, please send it in. Uh, email us, themoveatwedo.team. That's perfect. 20% off today. Code wedo20 at wedo.team. That's right. And, um, and dear Peloton... Please give us something to talk about tomorrow. <laughs> now nah, we're we're in the Pyrenees tomorrow. It'll be interesting. Time bonus at the top of uh, that final climb, um, and so we'll see you all tomorrow. Happy Fourth, everybody. <laughs>